Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include but are not limited to professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Your discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your hosts, Harrison Kerrig and Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we'll answer the age-old question, can a spouse make themselves so sexually unattractive that you are right to no longer be attracted to them? Uh, it, it's you know it's funny, Tim. We're we're recording this episode, and and right before this, <laughs> we were talking about um, this question, and you're you're kind of bringing me up to speed, uh, in in terms of your your kind of basic thoughts about it. And I was asking so many questions that in the middle of a, uh, after probably twenty minutes of of just talking to you about this, in the middle of asking a question, I basically cut myself off and was like, actually, you know what? Don't even answer that question. We should just record this before I waste all my questions without even recording any of them, <laughs> any yeah. of them. Well, hopefully you didn't get them all out of your system. So we'll yeah, I'm, sure. I'm really, I'm really hoping that I didn't forget the ones that I've already, <laughs> that I've already asked you. Cause I felt like it was a pretty good conversation. I should have just, I should have just uh, hit record without even doing like an intro or anything and, and found a way to to work it in but uh, yeah hopefully this conversation will be as as good as the one we're <laughs> we're having off camera um, but i i do think it is an interesting question and and there are a lot of things to really consider here and you know i think um probably where i would want to start with this kind of conversation is i know when you ask this type of question there's probably a lot of um, like presuppositions that people already have uh, about this kind of conversation and, and they already have preconceived notions about uh, the, the, the husband in this kind of situation and the wife in this kind of situation and uh, so maybe, maybe it would be good to just kind of flesh some of those out and expose those on the front end so when we're asking the question, can a spouse make themselves so sexually unattractive that you're, you're right to no longer be attracted to them? Um, you know, a lot of people are going to immediately have a very intense and possibly volatile reaction to that kind of question. So in anticipation of that, what, what do you think that type of response looks like typically? 
Yeah, well, I did a Twitter poll on this, and I think it was a week ago or a week or two ago, and we definitely had a lot of those intense and visceral reactions to the question itself. And so, I think, um, I think when you when you think about a question like this, there's a lot of things that are feeding into it in general. Uh, so you have the body positivity movement, essentially, that uh, is demanding that we praise obesity as if it were a virtue, almost. And there's just this demand, basically, essentially, that we um, um, we basically universally praise anyone, you know, at any size and any discipline as it relates to, you know, size and weight and all that. So th- there's that kind of less uh, you thing. fat shame, huh? Yeah, lest you'd be guilty of fat shaming. So <laughs> you, you you definitely have a fat shaming kind of discussion here where people get pretty bent out of shape. You also have a discussion that um, generally America, America in general, like if we just stay on the weight topic for a second, because that's where most people go in their minds. Um, you know, America is significantly overweight now. And so we all have to figure out what we're going to do with that. And there is kind of a uh, just we're not going to talk about this at all kind of element to this conversation uh, because of feminism. Yeah, gluttony is not a sin. Basically, gluttony is not gluttony a sin Gluttony is not anymore. a sin, and if it is a sin, we're just not allowed to talk about it, right? Uh, so there's that. The, uh, feminism uh, basically has made it um, made it um, to where um, like women in general um, no longer have any sort of expectation that they're going to, you know, attempt to make themselves pretty for their husband, right? So mm-hmm. like the standard kind of universal reaction that many people have along those lines is just to say, like, I don't exist here just for your physical gratification. Uh, and there's almost a demand. You just, you must um, love me, appreciate me, desire me as I am, period, the end, no matter what that looks like. And so um, there's there, like feminism really in a lot of ways is a rejection of physical beauty. And it's, I mean, that's why, you know, the more that women get caught up in feminism, the uglier they get, because they're basically rejecting anything that could make them attractive and, um, you know, embracing the exact opposite of it. You know, taking on character traits of a man, body style, body styles, you know, dress, you know, manners. It's just like feminism is the, you know, the death blow to any kind of healthy functioning relationship. So you have those kind of things. Um, and then um, you have on the other end, like... Um, there's, there's kind of a um, double standard as it relates to some of these things related to biology, meaning, I mean, most men are just kind of, um, they have libidos, just to put it that way, that are operating um, kind of automatically, you know, guys have a mind of their own as it relates to those kind of things. And, and you know, women are much less interested in this aspect of a relationship. And then if you're talking about sex as an expectation that is to be a part of a healthy marriage in general, um there is um, just um, that that that's a very taboo topic in general. You're not really even yeah. allowed to talk about that or go there. So you have like a sex expectation that is seen as, you know, handmaiden's tale, harsh, tyrannical. You have body positivity things that are feeding into this discussion. And then you have, um, you know, sort of a demand that a woman be validated and praised uh, no matter what. So a lot of these things are related to just you have a female reaction to this topic that is really asking a lot of people to suspend common sense um, and just normal, rational thinking. And then you have a lot of men who are caught up in this, who are basically um, making poor assumptions about um, what's actually happening in these moments. And 
like I think what you have is you have a lot of men who essentially um, have adopted a certain way of dealing with marital intimacy that's less than wonderful, and they have a plan that they tried to execute and put into motion. And this kind of topic is running afoul of their plan in a variety of ways. And I would say that their plan is misguided in a variety of ways. So, I mean, I think both for both men and women, um, basically the basic assumption here is that, you know, what it means to be married is that you're supposed to just kind of find me attractive no matter what I do. Right. Mm -hmm. Take me as I am, you know, just love me, be attracted to me. And I think it's a lot more, like imbalanced in the, in the way of you, you better find the woman attractive, whatever else you do. And then most women aren't finding their husbands very sexually attractive and we all just kind of make our peace with it. Right. But what's Mm -hmm. actually happening is you have like men and women want different things and both, both genders are kind of camping out and uh, I'm not going to try, but you just take me as I am. And then nothing, it's not really working very well and no one knows why, you know? So that's, that's some of the things they're feeding into this discussion. Okay, so when it comes to the title question, you know, if you had to give a yes or a no response, can a spouse make themselves so sexually unattractive? Uh, what it, What is your answer to that then? Well, I think it's overwhelmingly and obviously yes. Yes, they can. So they, okay. they can make themselves so unattractive that you are, uh, and it's worded very strongly, that you are right to no longer be attracted to them. I think the overwhelming and obvious answer is yes. And I mean, I use this on Twitter a few times and I like the analogy and I'm going to keep on using it because it makes me laugh. But just a picture, I mean, you just have to picture a, you know, 500 pound man sitting there on the couch in his underwear with a a shirt on with holes in it and Cheeto stained fingers, um, you know, surrounded by um, bags of fast food and who hasn't taken a bath in over a month. And you just, just try to picture that and then try to put yourself in the position of the woman in that kind of encounter and ask yourself, is she in sin for not being sexually attracted to him? Mm-hmm. That's what you have to ask. Her. And then if you want to ask it even stronger, you say, is she right? Like, is that a picture of sexual attraction <laughs> that she should <laughs> uh-huh. be magnetically drawn to? Like, did her marriage covenant, you know, and part of her fundamental marriage commitments mean that, um, like, that she uh that god expects her to like flip that switch on you know get Mm -hmm. that spark going and get it get it to be a furnace or should she be rightfully repelled by the odor the stench the you know all of it (laughs) like should she like just respond in horror and dread to that kind of thing yes or no so i mean like love covers a multitude of sins but does it cover all of them you know and when so, you're 400 pounds, when you're 400 pounds, I don't know that love could cover you at that point. Is that, is that too <laughs> much pull, to you cover, pull it right? over your, so, You pull it over your chest and then your toes are exposed. Is there, is there too much to cover at that point, you know? And so, I mean, I think like now, like the, the, the point though is just to say that, all right, you bring it out to the extreme. Mm-hmm. So this is an argument ad absurdum. Bring it out to the extreme. I think there's, we all understand, like if, you're, if your wife didn't take a bath for a month, and didn't uh-huh. brush her teeth. Yeah. And she's breathing on you death, you know, smells, you know, coming out of her breath. And like, it's just the odor is like crawled up into your nose. And like, you feel like you, um, like the stench is literally clinging, clinging to your nostril hairs. 
Like you, like there are things it's you can sing, do to kill it. your beard. <laughs> yeah. It's just stuck in there. Like the stench is lit. I mean, you've, you know, surely you've been around people like that where the stench just lingers in the air, like a cloud and, you know, like, and then just imagine trying to respond to that. And so, I mean, I think like we're embodied people and we're meant to respond to things. And at a certain level of grossness, everyone can, everyone understands what we're talking about. Now, my point isn't just to make fun. My point is just to say, there are things you can do to make yourself undesirable, whether you're talking about physically or relationally. And I think um, like so often men want uh, desire from women, physical beauty and attractiveness and women want from men like relational things, emotional needs uh, or, or relational desires, emotional desires. Um, and what's often happened is you have like a man who is essentially um, just saying, I'm not going to make any effort to be the kind of person that you actually find attractive. And I'm just going to demand that you, your body responds to me sexually, despite the fact that I'm approaching you in a way that you find to be repelling. I, you know, I spent all day long ignoring you, not talking to you. Right. And then the only time I show you physical affection is when I want something from you. And so, you know, you have a lot of guys who basically just treat their wife like a warm body, essentially, and ignore them and demean them and just, you know, and then they expect them to turn it on in these moments. And for their wife, it's like they're looking at, like, if you can imagine them trying to feel attracted to that 500-pound man on the sofa with the Cheeto-stained fingers who hadn't taken a bath in a month, like, that's what their libido is doing. It's like recoiling at the thought of being with the man. So the man's not making any effort. And then the same way on the other end, you have like ladies who aren't like making any effort whatsoever. And then you have two people not making any effort, basically just playing on the safety and security that comes from a marriage commitment. Um, You know, so, um, you know, basically just saying, hey, you're stuck with me, man. This is what you got. Right. So just Mm -hmm. enjoy it. And then neither one of them, like, so then the encounters, they, they, uh, they aren't going the way that everyone pictured they would go before they got married. And no one knows what, what it's about, you know, <laughs> because what's happening is there's like this expectation that you are commanded by God, no matter what I do to be, um, attracted to me. Uh, but then typically, you know, what's actually happening in the moment is, uh, because men have stronger libidos than women, what's actually happening is the women wives are typically just totally repelled by the husband for the most part because they're not trying <laughs> in a way mm-hmm. that uh, their wife wants them to try. And not all of that is just like be a mind reader and be a Hallmark chatbot, you know, uh, Hallmark movie <laughs> chatbot, uh, romantic chatbot, rom-com chatbot for me. Some of it's just they're, they're not trying. And then the man, his, you know, his libido is just doing its thing mind of its own but then you know she has a bad attitude um she's not trying and then all that's happening is just you know the end result is both people are just kind of going through the motions and saying i guess we have to do this in order to be faithful kind of thing and it's not what it's meant to be and so like so the point is just to say yes at a certain level you can you can um let you can if if neither one of you are trying like there's a breaking point somewhere where it all falls apart. Right. So, so, uh, yes, you can do that. And, um, yes, definitely you're right to no longer be attracted to them at a certain point of neglect and care, you know, um, but you know, what, 
unfortunately what people hear when you say something like that is they they hear instant so if i'm not like a fitness instagram fitness model or if i'm not like a mind reader hallmark rom-com chat bot then you know um then you're not going to be attracted to me and there's something that feels wrong about that so maybe we can you can say hey like we're talking about extremes here, right? Yeah. So at a certain level of lack of care, you get to a point where you have forfeited the right to be sexually attracted to the other person. And maybe you need to work a little bit to get there. So. Yeah. And I, I assume there are probably people out there who, who probably hear you saying, okay, once your spouse gets to that point, you know, it's okay to, um, you know, commit some kind of like adultery, whether it be, <laughs> actual literal adultery or adultery in the heart. Right. And, and sure. so, you know, obviously you're not saying that. Right. Right. Um, right. Like you still have a marriage covenant that you have to um, honor. Right. And right, so, and, but what we're talking about at this point is we're talking about like um, bodily responses. Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, fill it out some. So what we're talking about is bodily responses that aren't as simple as just turning off and on like a light bulb. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, like if a man makes himself detestable to a woman, I mean, I counsel plenty of people in this kind of situation where the woman just hates everything about sexual intimacy with her husband and nothing like nothing is working, you know, like nothing mm -hmm. work, nothing is working whatsoever. And she doesn't know how to turn it on. So I think there are things you can do to grow your desire, sexual desire for your spouse. There's things you can do to uh, throw a wet blanket on it, so to speak, <laughs> your sexual desire. But it isn't the kind of thing that you can just shut off and on. So I think you're responsible for it. You can you can do things to poison it. You can do things to grow it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then they, your spouse can do things to poison it, and your spouse can do things to grow it, too. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's not just... Um, like it goes both ways. So, so what I'm not talking about is if, uh, what I'm talking about is like at a certain point, if you're, you know, you can be throwing, um, water on that fire yourself and they can be throwing water on that fire itself. And at a certain point, if both of you are throwing water on that fire itself, it just dies. Right. So, right. and most of the time it dies for the woman a lot quicker than it does for the man. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening is like it, it's dead for her has been dead for her for years. He still, you know, somehow it's still working. Right. But at a certain point, like you, if you're both keep on sabotaging this thing, it's going to stop working in both ways. Mm -hmm. And then it's not just, a, a, you know, and this is what a lot of people on Twitter were basically pointing out where well, you're just commanded to have sex anyways. Right. So right. even if you're not attracted, it's like, yeah, but that only works if you're the man whose parts working. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Like, like meaning like if you lose it, what are you going to do? Just stare at each other, you know, like, <laughs> like what do you do then? You know, <laughs> like, uh -huh. if it's like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, you know? You, and so, when you're saying it doesn't work, you mean li just literally, like it does, it literally does not perform the function. <laughs> anymore, right? right. So yes. I mean, so like for like, th that's the thing, like, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be, be overly know, graphic. Yeah. No, yeah, no just, but at I'm a certain point be clear. of everyone like killing the thing, it stops working. You you, uh -huh. you give them, so and, 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 that, and that's a real that's a real thing, right? That's a real thing. Yeah. So I mean, okay. like when men gain, like you know, when men gain like a couple hundred pounds or something, like mm -hmm. their libido stop working. They mm -hmm. stop working. You know, like 
So if if you want it to actually work, you need to be in reasonable proportion or it's not going to work. So you can sabotage this thing. When men look at porn a lot, they start getting uh, porn-induced erectile dif- dysfunction mm-hmm. because they're training themselves to be dissatisfied with their spouse. So right. the longer you look at porn, the more that you're killing it because you're training yourself in dissatisfaction. The more weight you get, you're killing it, right? But then the same thing it can be true in the other way. So... You know, if you're looking at your spouse who hasn't taken a bath in a month and is 500 pounds on the couch, like it's at some point, biology is going to come up with coming at some hard limits. And like, it's just like, it's going to be hard, you know, and it's not mm-hmm. just a matter of just make it work. You can't, you get what I'm saying? Now, yeah. I, I, I think there's ways you can grow this, you know, <laughs> make <laughs> uh, the there's ways that you can help. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, okay. word. Okay. <laughs> Grow the, the desire. Yeah. You can help. You can, you can help. Uh, but the point there is just to say that, hey, you know, like you can you can sabotage it. Um, but um, yeah. So now you're saying, okay, everything that you're talking about right there is more just we're talking about like, um, you know, like you said, biological Biology. realities, right? Right. But then the question is, like you said, even earlier, you know, are you right? Um, Sure. So that right is implying some sort of like moral aspect to it. Sure. So in terms of like a, you know, I understand from like a physical, physiological, uh, yeah, like it, it, it eventually, you, you know, when you hit that, that 500 pound mark. You know, it's, everyone it's, understands it's, it stops, it, it goes away. Right. But then we're, if we're talking about morality, is there some kind of, um, is there some kind of like Bible verse that we're working with here? Some kind of command, like, for example, you know, if, if the dude's 500 pounds, he's a glutton, right? Sure. Sure. He's probably lazy too. Right. Yeah. Um, so there we have clear commands, not necessarily pertaining to the attraction part of it, but just literally like, dude, you eat too much food and you, you don't ever go work outside or something. Um, so we have like a clear command there. So when you're saying, hey, the spouse is right to not be attracted anymore, is there some kind of like a, a place in scripture that you point to to say like, he, here's where... Um, you know, here's where your spouse is absolutely breaking a command and are not upholding uh, what they promised um, when they married you, basically. But, yeah, I guess you can go a different direction. So one, you're asking, you're asking about like your right to no longer be attracted to them. Mm-hmm. But then, it, then the other question you're asking is: Is there a place where the Bible commands them to take reasonable care for care for themselves? Yeah, specifically for their spouse, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, um, well, I mean, I guess dealing with the latter, I mean, no one hated his own flesh, but he nourishes it, cares for it, right? Mm-hmm. So you can show utter contempt for your flesh. And if you show mm-hmm. utter contempt for your body, you should expect that at a certain level, everyone else is going to show the same uh, respect that you seem to be showing. So. I mean, that's just a logical corollary, but I mean, I, I, I don't know that you have to kind of overthink this one, okay. uh, meaning like, um, I mean, 
just what does love for neighbor demand? You you get what I'm saying? Like what what does it mean to like what does it mean to love your neighbor? Like is it like so like if a man just refuses to take a shower for a month, is that loving mm -hmm. to his wife? To like be a cloud of stench that's I mean, wafting that be... up into her nostrils. <laughs> that would definitely be unpleasant. Yeah, so, but if you know that that's unpleasant, like God's created the world in such a way that like bad odors are bad, right? Right. Right. So we all know this. Like, so we, we have an expectation that you're not going to like fart in your wife's face or something like that or fart in bed. Like if you want her to be attracted to you, you can do things to gross her out. Right. Uh-huh. Like, so God's made us in such a way that we have like senses, right? We have sense of touch. Right. You have sense of sight. You have sense of smell, like we're embodied people, right? Mm -hmm. So you can you can make it as hard as you possibly can on someone, sure, uh, right? To where it's just like, love me if you want, man. No, I don't brush my teeth, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, why would I brush my teeth? You know, I'm too lazy to do that. It's like, well, be, I smell your breath across the room, you know, like you want me to desire you, and all I can smell yeah. is the Doritos you just ate, you know? Yeah, I mean, like Song of Solomon, you know, they talk about. Like, um, and I think in the Proverbs too, now in the Proverbs, they're talking about like women of ill repute who are, you know, spicing their sheets to make right. themselves more enticing. Right. So, so Queen it's obvious Esther that, had beauty preparations that she right. engaged in. Like, so, right. th there's so it's obvious that there is like a, um, there's good and then there's not so good. <laughs> right right so now right, i mean you can look right at way. the descriptions you find in song of solomon and you know it, that they're um descriptions that are meant to be flattering right um, yeah so i mean you can be loving to your spouse and give them the best like you, i mean there, there's some line you know and i, I don't get why people kind of go there in their mind like with this kind of thing but there's like um like some people just take on this puritanical i must you know be perfect for my spouse in their mind I mean, no one, very few people do that. What they, they hear when anyone says you need to hold yourself to some reasonable standard because it's just not loving to let yourself completely go, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone hears in that moment, like you're expecting them to be an Instagram model, but it's like, no, I mean, like if you actually love them, why, why wouldn't you, like, why wouldn't you try your best for them? You know, like not, yeah. and not be perfect, but why wouldn't you try some, you know? So what, what happens is everyone knows how these things work before marriage, before marriage, everyone gets in shape and tries as hard as they're going to try. And like, this is what I am. Right. And then after you get married, then it's like, well, now that you're stuck with me, I'm going to give you the worst version of myself. Like whatever that I is, can like a fat. <laughs> I can finally get fat now. Like the, like that meme or whatever, but it's like, that's like, that's, you're just, you're abusing this relationship. You want to give them something that they can enjoy. Like you don't want to make it as hard as possible for themselves and you. So part of it's just a matter. So basically, of, you're, are you just saying it's it's not loving um, to be the person who looks at their you know like I I don't know that everyone does this, but say hypothetically your spouse is like, hey, you know, um, here's a here's like a short and for the sake of the hypothetical, we'll say a reasonable list of things. Um, that I'm, I'm generally attracted to. Right. So like <laughs> dressing nice, you know, right. Um, uh, smelling at least. Okay. <laughs> Bru you know, hair brushed <laughs> that, that kind of thing. Um, 
you know, if your if your spouse were to look at that list and say, I am not going to follow any of these because, you know, I don't want to, or I'm even offended that like you would you would dare demand any of these things of me, then at that point you're not really loving your spouse anymore. But not only you're not loving or, or at least in this you're area. You're, you're, you've deceived them. Okay. 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 What do you mean? Well, I mean, oh, I, like, like just because, you know, you're one thing before marriage and then. Yeah. No, I, mean, I know plenty of people else. like that who they're one thing before marriage. And then after, like, so everyone knows what's attractive before marriage. Everyone knows. And that's why yeah. you do it. Like you try to put yourself like most reasonable people. You think if I'm going to get married, I have to present myself in the best possible way in order to get this thing to work. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is after you get married, you just say, who cares anymore? Right. You're stuck with yeah. me. Right. So what you did was you just deceived the poor person, right? Mm-hmm. Like you bamboozled them. You like presented yourself as one way and that wasn't what you are. And now that they're stuck with you, you don't care anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So like that's whatever that is, it's not integrity. It's not honesty. But then the thing is, we all know what's attractive. Like we all right. know like yeah. it sells, right? You, you get what I'm saying? We all know what yeah. attractiveness is and the Bible doesn't deny those things. So, I mean, you look at, um, like the descriptions of beauty throughout the Bible, you know, Rachel uh, was said to be beautiful in both form and appearance. We know what that means. It doesn't mean Eglon. She looked like Eglon, right? <laughs> like that, that's not what it meant. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Song of Solomon, they're not describing some, you know, 800 pound person, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Song of Solomon. It, it, you know, it's probably safe to assume it, that, you know, maybe some of the descriptions are at least a little bit exaggerated, but then they're not, there's some like reality, there is some truth to them, right? Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that they're, um, I think men and women are made to be attractive to, attracted to each other's form. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, God's designed human beings to look a certain way. And we all have like an ideal proportions that that we as individuals should have right so there's some kind of ideal there and i think there's a lot of grace there that goes you know to where like you can gain a little weight and it's like oh well that's a different shape now and that's enjoyable in a different way so there's a lot of grace you know that you can Uh you can think about as it relates to some of these things are you, are you referring to the dad bod is that what you're talking about <laughs> maybe pr- prior to the dad bod there's a lot of you know but i mean even that i mean there you know there's um i, I think some of that hey, can the, mar- be, the market for the dad bod is is growing man there's some of that that can be forgivable you know to where <laughs> it's like attraction is not all about that it's about other things but i'm just trying sure. to say that we all know like in general, that human beings are designed to look a certain way. And the more that you just, um, you, I mean, it's just like a car, man. You know, you, you, you take a car and you have a really nice car and you, you take a sledgehammer to it and put a few dents in it. It's like, all right, you got a few dents in it. Right. But I mean, you can mm-hmm. trash the thing, right. <laughs> to sure. where it's, it's no longer recognizable as a car anymore. And so I yeah. think what's happening with Song of Solomon is not like some demand that you have to have some perfect sparkly car or something. I think like you, if you really love someone, you care about someone and you, you're interested in their character, like you're just made to be attracted to people of the opposite sex, man. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of it's just, it's not lying. You're not lying. You're just saying, I, I like what I got. Right. 
Yeah. But you can, so you can, you can, t- you know, trash the thing. And at some point it's just like, man, we, we got to try a little more, you know? So, <laughs> so, so, so I, I think part of it's like your, uh, part of it is like, if you just totally just don't try, whether relationally for the woman physically, um, like, like man being relate, meeting a woman's relational desires, woman meeting man's physical desires. If no one's trying at all, it's not loving because you probably deceived them, right? You presented mm-hmm. yourself one way before marriage in order to get them. And then you, you know, surprise, here's who I really am. I don't care about you at all. All that was about was me getting stuff from you, right? Safety and mm-hmm. security. It wasn't, I loved you and I want to give something good to you. It was, I wanted to take from you, right? Selfishness. Sure. So there's that. But then there, I think there, the more that um, you abuse the design that God has made us to have, the more that at a certain point, um, like we're not meant to be attracted to vices, right? So we're told mm-hmm. to love the good and hate the evil. And if someone looks like, you know, they're um, three or four stages past morbid obesity, like you should be repelled by sin, right? Yeah. You should be repelled by sin. You should be repelled by a lack of care and a lack of concern, you know, and, and God's made us in such a way that there are some things that are objectively disgusting, right? Mm-hmm. Like the bad breath and the, you know, not bathing and the, like, so meaning you have bodily senses and if you just want to, like, you can, you can offend those at every single point or you can take some care for yourself, basically. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, here's a question that I didn't ask you before, but I, I wanted to ask. The Bible says, um, you know, beauty fades, sure. right? It doesn't last forever. Uh, in a fallen world. So what, how does this apply to marriages that, you know, the husband and wife are getting older. Eventually you just get, you know, most normal people. I mean, I'm sure there there's people out there who they, you know, they age gracefully or whatever. Um, but I mean, most normal people, they just, they just don't look as good as they did, you know, in their fifties compared to when they were 25. Right. So, um, you know, what, what does this look like for couples who are, um, you know, who are aging and who are, who are getting to that point where they start to realize like beauty does fade? Sure. Yep. So, um, I think sexual intimacy should be a normal part of marriage. And I think for a lot of couples, um, they're making certain choices to make it as hard as possible from the very start. Sure. Right. So they're making it as hard as possible from the very start, but you know, um, they could, this part of their marriage could be a normal, healthy part of their marriage for a lot longer if they would maintain, you know, normal proportions and keep themselves in reasonable shape. So this could be a part of their marriage that could be enjoyable. What's happening is you just have couples who are sabotaging it from the start. They're sabotaging it all the way through. Yeah. When they're 25, they're sabotaging it. They've started sabotaging it at 25 or even before. Right. And then, you know, by the time that like they're in their mid thirties, they're just like totally uh, in a sexless relationship. And what's that? (laughs) The flame died out. It's dead. But it's like, you know, I, I know couples who are in their 70s who still have a normal, healthy sex life. 
because they mm-hmm. keep themselves in reasonable shape. And I mean, they're not Instagram models either, you know, like they just keep I would themselves. imagine not. Yeah. So like the <laughs> thing is like, like you, the more that you grow as a couple together, um, like these things are tied together. So like charm is deceitful. Beauty is fading. A woman who fears the Lord will be praised. We all get, we're all getting older. You know, we all are getting wrinkles. We all, I mean, you, you may not be at the wrinkle stage yet, but I'm starting to get them. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the things happen, you know, and, but like, <laughs> if you, you can kill attraction in a variety of ways. So like, you know, there should be like a safety that comes from like two people getting lumpy together. And, but like, that's not going to happen if you start out your beginning of your marriage with, uh, I could care less about being attractive to you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I'm not even trying. Take me as I am. I hate this part of our marriage, whatever else, like, and I don't want anything to do with it. I guess just try to enjoy me if you can. Like, you can have that kind of posture. But all you've done there is you've just like um, you're not putting on the character of like true beauty that the Bible describes. Uh, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like so, what you're saying is it's like a declaration of war, like that you start out the thing, and so then like there's a declaration of war at the character level, and then there's a physical like you're starting to fade, right? <laughs> yeah. And so you put those two things together. And what you don't get is you don't get someone who ages gracefully. You just get an enemy. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You get an enemy that's losing their physical things that attracted to you in the first place. And then they're not adding on to that character, right? Mm-hmm. That is other centered, you know, I love you. I care about you. You just have two people who are just um, in trouble. Like, you know, as like, and so that part of marriage, um, like you're not going to essentially, here's what I'm trying to say. Like you get to where you're 70 and you have a person who didn't try it all when they're 20. Right. Yeah. Made it all just as miserable as it could possibly be. Right. Enjoy me. If you can, I'm not here for you. Don't ask because I hate this. Like you do that and you, you know, run that experiment out to where you're 70. And it's like, you're not like, Oh, I love you. I care about you. And I adore you. Right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So like you're not feeding into that relationship, the kind of things that are going to help you to like um, um, love the things that really matter. All that's happening really is you're just, you, you know, you just have two people who are rejecting a significant part of marriage together and growing less and less attracted to each other in every way imaginable. Um, now, you, you run the experiment in the opposite way. You have two people who are actually loving each other, caring about each other, making a good faith effort to be attracted to each other. What happens is then you're together, you're growing in your attraction to each other because you're trying to help each other be attracted to each other, right? Right. Yeah. You're both trying to be attractive and to be attracted to each other. And what happens is your attraction more connects. Like It just starts um, connecting more to the spiritual stuff and less to the physical stuff in a healthy way, instead of just like, I don't have anything to attach to whatsoever, physical, spiritual whatsoever. Right. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So what um, happens is in a healthy relationship, gradually you're weaning yourself off of the physical and attaching it to the, this, the uh, spiritual kind of things. But I mean, if there's nothing like, if you're not trying at all physically whatsoever or relationally, you, that's not going to happen. Does that make sense? 
Sure. Yeah. And, and you've already answered this question, but I want to ask it in a different way because I think there are a lot of people who will bring up a specific kind of objection and not realize that you've already answered this. So, you know, there will certain be there will certainly be a lot of people who say who come along spouses who come along and say, hey, you should just love me for me. <laughs> right. It shouldn't matter what I look like. You should just love me because I'm me. I'm your your wife, I'm sure. your husband, right. whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But then I guess I guess the response there is kind of some is it's basically the same thing as what you're just saying is, hey, if you're the kind of person who is uh, looking at your marriage and saying, I'm just going to let myself go, then what you're communicating is that <laughs> it's not just the outside of it's you. It's the inside that's, that's ugly. That, that's yeah, right. It's not just the outside that's ugly. It's the inside of you that's ugly too. Right, so and so, what's so happening? Yeah, keep, yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, what's happening there is um, right. So, women and men are on very different cycles, like in terms of just libido cycles. So, like a lady might, your standard woman may only feel like an internal pull towards sexual desire once a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because, like, surprise, surprise, that's when it's pregnancy time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, that's the way it works. But then for a man, like a younger man, like you talk about younger men, and I have a lot of younger men coming to me and asking me about these kind of things. I mean, it's like all day long, every day, you know? <laughs> like, sure, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter what's happening, what's not happening. It doesn't matter how much, like, their wife is in a bad mood. It doesn't, like, it's just all day long, every day, multiple times a day. Like there are jokes about this, like, I, I, you know, man thinks about sex a thousand times a day, you know, kind of thing. And that may not be an exaggeration, you know? So like the thing is, <laughs> uh-huh. it's like, that's the way it works. So now, now if the, if, if you have a lady in this scenario, like you're saying, just saying you should desire me no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then I'm just going to look at her and say, well, what's wrong with your libido then? What do you mean? Like we're talking about sexual desire right now. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about love. Love me no matter what. We're talking about like a specific type of love. We're talking about erotic, erotic love, right? Mm-hmm. So in that scenario, like what's happening? Like what? Like we're just we're having the um, like we're having a discussion about erotic love and like how sexual desire works. And then what's imported into the discussion is a is is more of a agape, selfless die for you kind of love. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah. But we're not talking about that realm. <laughs> okay. What mm-hmm. we're talking about is like, we're talking about biological realities here. So here's the thing. So if a husband should just desire you no matter what, if sexually desire you no matter what you do or don't do, if that's just taken as a given, then on the other end, you should figure out how to turn on your libido just like that and desire him no matter what he does or doesn't do. Mm-hmm. But that's not what actually is happening. What's actually happening is your libido isn't working at all, right? Sure. Like nothing. You can't get it to turn on. You deeply resent the fact that your husband's libido is working. So his is working. Yours is not. You deeply resent the fact that his is and yours isn't. And so what you're wanting is you just want like, let's just, you know, wave the white flag of surrender and call a ceasefire on this thing. And then the only way we're going to show love to each other is in the ways that I prefer. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
So then all that, all that we're doing at that point is we're getting rid of the sexual component of marriage because like, it's not working for you. It's still working for him, but you're kind of rude to him. So it shouldn't be working. So he's just using you. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the logic of, of the whole project is like, Hey, you don't want this part of marriage to be there. He does. You look deeply on suspicion for him for somehow being attracted to you, despite the fact that you've let yourself go and you don't feel attractive anymore. And you're doing everything you can to communicate to him that you don't want anything from him. So despite the fact that all of that's happening, you're trying to do everything you can to kill his sexual desire because yours isn't working anymore. And you want it, you just want to get rid of that part portion of marriage. And then at the same time, you're demanding that he just like, like, loves you no matter what. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but you just have to make up your mind what you want. (laughs) Like, like meaning, do you want to be desired or don't you, you get what I'm saying? Like, do you want to be desired or don't you? So like, so the way, um, so what's actually happening, like in, in a lot of young couples that, you know, contact me through email on a regular basis, what's actually happening is you have the guy who basically his, like his libido is still working. Hers has died a long time ago. And, you know, for her, it's just like, I'm done with this. I don't want this part of it it anymore. The guy's like, Hey, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm like, you're, you're all I got, honey. You know, you're all I got. Uh, Now he's not trying relationally to be attractive to her. She's not trying physically to be attracted to him. And then what ends up happening is you just have two people who are going through the motions, like uh, two animals in heat, essentially just, you know, just taking care of the biological urges. Then she's looking at him and she's saying, Hey, well, you know, I'm, is that all I am? Just a warm body to you. I'm just a toilet to you. Like you're just using me. Cause I don't, obviously I, I'm not enjoying this. Like I should, you still are desiring this. And, you know, and then basically that, you know, he, he'll then respond to her by saying, well, you know, this is God commands us conjugal rights. We got to do this, you know, um, uh, we, this is part of marriage. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how you feel, right? So he's saying it doesn't matter how you feel, whether or not you have any desire for this whatsoever. We just, you know, got to be faithful, don't we? You know, and so for so basically what you have is you have two people who are doing nothing for each other to try to help grow their sexual attraction towards each other. And then they're just leaning on the fact that the guy's libido is working no matter what. And like the longer you do that, at some point, they're just going to kill it. Does that make sense? Because no one's yeah. trying, everyone's poisoning yeah. the thing, and then you're in a mess. So, um, and then, you know, pretty soon you're just both deeply resentful and bitter at each other and basically in a roommate situation. <laughs> in a roommate situation. Okay. So last, just sort of quick question with this, um, because you, you kind of already mentioned it, but I just wanted you to. I just wanted to hear your answer again. Um, you know, obviously, like the Bible says that you know, husbands, for example, should love their wives like Christ loved the church, right? Sure. And so I, I assume there's probably a lot of people out there who would read something like that and then read, they, they would take, um, they would understand that as at least partially meaning you should you know, be attracted to your spouse and only your spouse, no matter what, or maybe, maybe even, (laughs) you know, if you really want to, if you really want to like try and, and take this pretty far, you know, Hey, you know, Christ, Christ loved us when we were unlovable. Right. Mm 
when when we couldn't offer anything of value to him. So if we really want to, if husbands really want to love their wives in this way, then they will be able to look, or or they at least should be able to look past all that and love their wife anyways. What's your response to that? Yeah, we're just mixing up different types of love. So okay, so we're mixing up um, self giving kind of love um, that's undeserved with erotic love is what we're doing. So a husband mm-hmm. should love his wife as Christ loved the church and give himself up for her. You know, a son of man didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. So a husband should sacrificially love his wife, uh, forgive his wife, not be bitter towards his wife, uh, care for his wife, all of the above. Like those are just, um, so like if I were, that wouldn't be where I would go to make the case that, uh, meaning, meaning I just think we're mixing up different types of love. So now, like, if you want to say on the basis of that, a husband should love his wife as Christ loves the church. I mean, I don't think Christ has erotic love for the church. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. But, but, you know, if, if that's just a demand, that's a feature of relationship, no matter what period, the end, like then what happens is like the vast majority of women in marriages aren't able to turn it on. Do you get what I'm saying? Sure. So they're failing at that basic command. And then, but then they have an expectation that their husband, if they, like, if, like, their husband needs to figure out how to get that working for them. Does that make sense? Mm hmm. Like, so, you know, if you want me to be attracted to you, then don't ignore me all day long. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like if you want me to sexually desire you, don't ignore me all day long. Don't only touch me when you want something from me. Uh, don't um, basically every time I tell you a concern that I have, ignore it and do whatever you want. Don't treat me so poorly if you want me to respond to you so eagerly. Right. So mm-hmm. when you think about it in that realm, there's like a real expectation that you have to help here. Right now. Um, so. Uh, certainly related to self-giving sacrificial love, a husband needs to selflessly love his wife. But what we're talking about though, is like what makes for attraction. Now, I think that husbands and wife have, um, there's a real expectation that they have to be attracted to their spouse and be attracted to their spouse alone. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, So where I would ground that at is, you know, like uh, Proverbs talks about, let your, um, wife's breasts satisfy you at all times, right? Mm -hmm. Like let your wife's breasts satisfy you at all times. Be intoxicated always in her love. I think there's a real kind of expectation that a man will be intoxicated in his wife's love and to let her breasts satisfy him at all times. The problem though is if she won't let him touch her or look at her or enjoy her, he can't do it, okay? Do you get what I'm saying? Like if, if every time he's trying to do that, you're cringing and don't want anything to do with it, then like, this is the only, this is a command that can only be accomplished if you have two people committed to the project, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't be the husband in the song, in uh, the song of Psalms, unless you're the wife in the song of songs. Does that make sense? Uh, unless like your spouse is the wife in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. be the husband unless your wife is the wife. Okay, so yeah. it's like a project where both of you. I think they're like the what the Bible is teaching is both people have a command to, like, both joyfully give and both 
and joyfully receive and to totally be intoxicated in each other. Like there's an expectation that you do that. But you can only do that if both of you are committed to that project and trying to help each other. And there mm-hmm. are things that you can do that make it really hard. And the more that you pile up those things, the more that you're going to break this thing. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, you know, just, uh, um, you know, so like if you just, um, you know, you just picture it like, um, like, um, so, so what instantaneously, and, and we've talked about this at different points, what people always hear with this subject is they hear that, like, if you don't, both of you are not perfect, then it all breaks. But that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is there's different stresses that you can put on a marriage. And the more that you pile those stresses up and you more that you pile them up and pile them up, at a certain point, you reach a breaking point and the thing is just beyond repair. You know, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of grace that happens in the course of marriage. There's a lot of safety in the course of marriage. I mean, like, thank goodness, like you, you know, you can be, <laughs> thank goodness, like, you know, most marriages aren't, don't have perfectionist impulses to where it's like, hey, you know, you gained five pounds. I'm totally grossed out by you. You're hideous. You know, <laughs> like yeah. that would be an absolute and total distortion of what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is if both people gain 200 pounds, you know, and quit bathing and quit doing anything at some point, like you just, you're killing this thing and you need to, like if it, if it gets broken, then you're the only one to blame. So if a guy basically just runs roughshod over all of his wife's relational desires, you know, in perpetuity forever, like, and like at some point it's just like, yeah, she's not attracted to you because you're not doing anything to help, man. Like, what do you think? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You want her to be attracted to her, to you, talk to her, be nice to her, encourage her. Don't just constantly criticize her. You have no one to blame but yourself that she's not sexually desirable to you because you treat her like garbage all the time, right? And all you do is mm-hmm. complain about her and fuss about her. You want her to want you, like, come on, you know, help her out, right? So I think we have like a very big category for looking at a man and saying, you want her to desire you, okay? Pay attention to the things that are important to her. Make those things happen. Listen to her. Talk to her. You know, be a man that's desirable, be a man of integrity, be a man that like is, um, you know, is attractive to people in general. And, and if you refuse to do any of that, don't be surprised if she's not attracted to you, but then turn around's fair play to say like, you know, wife, you can't just demand that your husband is attracted to you no matter what you do. Right. If you want him to be attracted to you, there are things you can do to help and there are things you can do that don't help, right? Sure. And and so if you just have a bad attitude all the time, you're fussy all the time, you're complaining all the time, you can't handle trials very well, you know, you're always like, you know, um, not feeling good, right? Always have a headache, you know, you're not taking care of yourself at all. Well, I mean, my goodness, like what do you what do you expect's gonna happen? You know, at a certain point you just you're just making yourself into a undesirable ungodly, fussy, complainy, whiny, you know, uh, slothful person. You can't just abuse the security that comes from that relationship. Um, if you want to be desired, you want to be loved, be lovable in the same way on the other end, you want to be, um, like you can help. Right. So it's not just, um, there's a, there's certainly an undeserved component to normal love, but we were talking about things like this. There are, there are things you can do to be desirable and there's things you can do that, don't and the more that you pile those up the harder everything gets sure 
Okay, well, I think that's a good place for us to end the conversation on. Um, it definitely is helpful to think through, and I especially appreciate the point about, um, I think it really is a pretty crucial point, you know, when we're talking about basically uh, the way you view and the way you go about uh, trying to or not trying to present yourself in a way that is attractive to your spouse then that really is exposing what's in your heart in a certain in a certain way it's exposing that you know uh you're possibly like a liar that you're deceitful because you presented yourself one way before marriage and then one way after marriage uh it it it, it could expose that you are not actually like a very loving person towards your wife because you're or, or your spouse in general just because you're thinking about uh yourself you're putting yourself First, in your marriage, you're putting your own preferences first. You're not, uh, you're not considering the other person more significant than yourself. You're not willing to sacrifice for that person in certain ways, and and it might be pride too, or um, you know, it could be so many different things that that uh, get exposed in this uh, kind of conversation. And so, I think that is, I think that is a, a really um, helpful point to make, and I hope people leave from this kind of conversation thinking about that thinking about uh you know if i do if i do feel that way if i do feel tempted to sort of ignore uh my what my spouse desires physically for me uh, assuming it's realistic you know it's not like a like, hey be a instagram model or something it's an actual reasonable expectation if i don't if i feel tempted to not try and and you know at least attempt to fulfill some of those things then and uh then there might be something in me that i need to i need to you know i need to pray and ask god to help reveal if there is any sin there and and grant me repentance um and forgive me for these things and then i need to rectify them and you know and, and really commit myself to um trying to love my spouse in this way so i think that's really that's a really helpful thing to think through and and i want to challenge people to uh, who are listening to this to think that way and, and ask yourselves those kinds of questions. But uh, uh, like always, we want to thank you for listening to us, um, for supporting us week in and week out and uh, interacting with us online. That's a lot of fun getting to email with you guys, um, talk on you know, various social media platforms and whatnot. And, um, and so we thank you guys for all the support. It's a lot of fun and we look forward to having you on the next one. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.